Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. What's up, Please Advise Nation? It's episode 146. My name's Malls. We have a guest that you guys might know. Her name is Noelle Wells. Hey, girl. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I really um, admire how out of the gate you just – you're on. Like, you're ready to go. <laughs> it like, takes me a while to warm up. Do you want to know what? I People say that – I've had more than one guest say that to me, and I don't know what happens. I think it's because – I used to have to do these daily vlogs back in the day and like whether I wanted to or not, I had to be like I had to pull it together to do it. Yeah, you're just it's rolling. You got to do it and then yeah, and then like also like you'll see like I space out during other parts of the show. (laughs) Anytime I I talk. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like uh, like, just totally blocking that out. But like, no, I I do, you know, you got to start the show off with some energy. I also realize it could be very off putting to listeners as well there's a lot of complaints about my voice and the itunes it's just because you're a woman like literally every single woman podcaster has hadn't got has gotten a note about their voice i would say i probably have a more grating voice than like usual though <laughs> i can acknowledge that like i have a little bit of a an affect i started out with a compliment and now <laughs> sorry <laughs> now we become <laughs> sorry sorry self-criticism you know what that's how, no Thank but you. like when yes, you're in that headspace yeah. like any little thing you can turn like negative sometimes too like we all do that yeah. like <laughs> so this is basically why noelle is here today okay. is because <laughs> we had a lunch a while back and like right away we just like kind of got into it and we were like talking about just all sorts of stuff and i was just blown away by like how wise you are and how i mean not obviously you're funny and talented everyone knows that about you but you're also very like deep and <laughs> i was about to be like do they see i'm doing it to myself <laughs> you know? they do um and actually Am like, I? our previous guest was like oh my god like i'm a huge like i that's so cool I'm such a huge fan of hers so yeah like even people who are in my house today besides the two of us think you're funny and cool that's so so cool and I'm I'm really I'm going to accept it because I don't know how to and I'm Take working it on it Take it thank in. you very much um but I know right <laughs> it's hard it's it? hard I know it's so hard it's so hard like literally like when people are like your outfit's nice I'm like, no no it's not I mean it's fine like, I had someone in my office compliment me and then I was like oh whatever. and she's like Christina just take it and yeah. I was like, okay. Take okay. it. Okay. When I came in, you complimented my shoes, and about a million things went through my head, being like, "What?" Even you complimented them, and I was like, "Why the fuck did I wear these?" What? <laughs> I don't know. They're it's awesome. such a weird. It was like a weird thing. I was like, I can't believe I wore. No, these I want to like snatch them off your feet. Um, but I will say that I do think that red shoes. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a, a red shoe phobia. Like I would always buy red shoes growing up because I love red. It's my fave color. It's my favorite color. Um, 
and we're both Capricorns. Oh wow. Lot there's a lot going on there. But like um I would always buy red shoes and then I would put them on to go to school and I'd just be like, no. Like, I can't pull this off. I'm going to be the only girl with red shoes. I can't. I'm already taking enough heat for being a fucking weirdo. Like, I don't need to be the girl in red shoes, too. So I do know that red shoes can be triggering for some people. But those are like, I wouldn't even know how to describe them. Like, very vintage. But they're like suede. And they also look modern. It's very, they're very cute. Um, But I was going to say that at our lunch, I just was like blown away by your mind. And like, you're very, I would say, like spiritual and intuitive and like, just the kind of person that should be here on Please Advise. And I'm very honored to have you because you're also – you have a movie that's about to come out. I do. I have. A, um, I wrote and directed a movie called Mr. Roosevelt. and It's an indie film, but it's going to be in some theaters. We're getting like limited distribution, but it's not completely vanity. We're actually – I'm going to go across the country to – screenings does that make sense yeah of course it does. yeah but it's still very small it's like a, we're we're doing everything ourselves like i'm every day i'm writing tons of emails we're working on the trailer i'm i'm doing uh, title cards for the trailer like i'm still very hands-on so that's amazing what's it about um i'm really bad at pitching it but it's basically <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad because i'm like well a lot of stuff it's no big, it's but i it's, know but yeah. it's, because then i also think when i give the log line people are being like well that sounds dumb but it's uh a struggling comedian has to go back to her college town when somebody when her loved one falls ill and she has to stay with her ex-boyfriend and his new really amazing girlfriend and she's there for the weekend that and sounds so, great yeah that sounds it's a comedy. That sounds like hell, yeah. and also great. <laughs> like that's I. There's something so triggering about that whole scenario. There's this new show on, uh, it's, no, truly triggering. Like there's this show on Bravo called um, One Night with My Ex or something, and it's like they lock two exes in a, like a little apartment together overnight, and like basically, you know, they fight. I think they hook up like like, everything, everything that can go wrong. I mean, also the person who would try out to be on that show is like ready to bring the drama anyway. They probably have some weird relationship with their ex to begin with. Like on average, what is the distance in terms of like how far back the ex yet? I just watched the previews. Because I'm curious if it's just like a fresh wound or if it's like five years ago. Oh, no, it does seem like from the previews, it does seem like like a lot of them are fresh wounds and like the guy has moved on or and the chick hasn't or something. But, um, I think there are some older relationships too, where like, this is like my high school boyfriend and we broke up in a really nasty way. Like, it's always like, you know, how do you get the other person on board? You have to have two people, like a coupling of people that are like, yeah, this seems like a I really think you underestimate idea. how narcissistic our society <laughs> is. Yeah, it's like the opera. I mean, it's like catfish in, in the same way. Uh, it's like, you know, they get the catfish to say like, hey, I'm like, I want to come. I want to come out and be a catfish. And they usually cast the catfish first. Oh. oh, yeah. Did you not know that? I forgot like, about that. Yeah. And they cast the cat, cat catfish first and then they go and find this other person. They're like, hey, uh, you don't happen to be in an online relationship, do you? Like it to, it blows my mind. It's literally the way that it blows my mind on intervention that people are still falling for like, hey, would you like to be in a documentary about addiction? And like, it's like, dude, like if someone said that to me, I don't care how much meth I'm on. I'd be like. Get your fucking intervention ass out of here, okay? Like, unless unless it's Jeff Van Vonderen, in which case, I'm down. But, like, other, I mean, I would know exactly what that is, I think. But, you know. One he, time I tried to get um, a roommate to go on Judge Joe Brown with me. Uh-huh. Because he left me, um, he, like, moved, he, like, skipped 
town. Like, okay. like I don't know if like 19 year olds can skip town, but he skipped town and left me with my rent. And I was like, look, I can't afford to pay this. But if I Take, get us yeah. to judge Joe Brown and you lose, they'll pay me the money. Isn't that great? And you don't even have to worry about it ever again. And we can yeah. be friends again. So he agreed to it. And I paid money to do the small claims court. Um, and then right before we were about to fly out, they're like, he's not answering his phone. We can't fly you out here if he's not coming. So not only was I out my rent, but then I was out $100 and I, I never saw him again. It was such a bummer. We could have been even. Just like what a fucking douche, Taking care man. of it. And I even mean, this is like when Facebook had just come out and I had made a Facebook event being like, Watch me on Judge Joe Brown. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, wait. But so I don't know. Like you kind of like that's karmically, you know, he's paying for that. Like those are the things you wind up paying for later when you like literally just like stiff your roommate. Like, first of all, you're a chick. Like, I just think anytime a guy does something to a chick, I'm like, you're fucked up. Like, you're just leave them alone. Leave all women alone. I get very <laughs> sensitive about that. But secondly, like, I don't, I mean, like. That's just such bad human behavior. Yeah, I didn't really – I still don't quite understand it. I, I don't understand when people do these things, but people – it never stops. People just Drugs. continue. I don't know. I really have no idea. He he even got his grandparents to help him move into my apartment. Okay. And I think he, he told them that he had a job and that everything was going well. He used me as a front – to right. convince his family that he was fine. But then like a month and a half in, I was like, cool. So when are you going to pay? And then he's like, oh, I'm going to get my check soon. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then he moved out. And then I did this thing. And then oh. at the time I was like, this is before you can find everything on the internet. Like I was really good at finding things on the internet. And I found papers in his room and was able to – this sounds crazy. Wait, I, no, I, no, I logged no, into his bank account. Amazing. Okay. And saw so he didn't have – he was like negative like $500. And he had gotten paid. He kept being like, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get paid. But he had used it towards his bank. Like That his balance. sounds like drugs to me. I don't know what it was. It seems How very did you, He was a friend? He was a friend. He was somebody I went to high school with. But I mean, I at the time, I think everybody's my friend. I don't know. This, we're no, going to get into this. I, I mean, think a lot of people – I'm like, we're all friends. Like, of course, stay with me. I just never would assume that somebody would do that to me. Absolutely yeah. not. Especially at that time in your life. Like, it's just – it's – Every and especially like if you if you're coming from college where like everyone kind of did have to be friends for the most part, like you you just go into the real world. That's why I always say like 24, 25 is when you start to figure out like, oh, not everyone has to be friends. Like there's this kind of turning point. That I'm kind of figuring this out at 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a been and it's been very liberating. Like I just broke up with a like a, one, my longest friend, actually. Really? And I did it in such a like short and curt and sort of spastic way over text message and I've never regretted anything. Oh, just, so you like you you hit you like confronted it directly. You're like, yeah, because girl. yeah, I literally well, she had texted me about something. I felt like I was being manipulated and I, um, and my the whole time we've been friends I I guess I've felt that way, but I kind of put up with it cuz I think I'm like, "Oh, we got to keep the peace." Then I was like, "Wait, I'm not going to let you do this anymore." And I called her out on it. She lied. She wouldn't take responsibility. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to talk to you. She's like, let me know if that ever changes. I was like, it won't until you change. And she's like, I'm really sorry you feel that way. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry you're um, you're manipulative and don't care about me and you're never on my side. And she's like, yeah, because I'm on my side. And I was like, cool. We don't need to be friends anymore. Like, I couldn't believe the things that she was saying. Yeah. I, and I, I was like, this. Also, like, when did we have different sides? Like, I was like, you yeah. can have, you can be on lots of people's sides all at once. Like, yeah. you know, it's not, anyway, it was just such a strange. It came out because I called her out on one thing but didn't. She showed her ass. She showed yeah. it in a way that I was like, oh, I should feel really great about what I'm about to do. Like, this is – and, you know, it breaks my heart, but I feel – I don't know. I was like, 
I put on my red shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I think that that's great. I think that also to the older you get, like it's very like tra- every like breakup, every like sort of, you know, dissolve of like a human relationship is just like so traumatic when you're younger. Cause like, I don't know what it is. It brings you back to being in like middle school or high school where there's literally only 200 people. And if you fight with like your absolute best friend then the whole school knows about it and it's just like you're, then you're gone or probably goes even further back to like abandonment issues or whatever else. But like, I do think that like in your twenties, you are just so on guard all the time. And like, if you lose a friend, it's the end of the world. And like, it's a friendship you have to mourn. Like, I remember having a big friendship breakup with a friend where we literally exchanged our boxes of stuff, like outside (laughs) of my house. And it was like, you know, we didn't have anything to say to each other. And like, now we're like, fine. Like we were able to like come back from that. And like, we're not best friends by any means again, but that was like, a really rough time for us. Molina. No. <laughs> um, she's sitting right here. Christina Lopez. Actually, I don't know if you know, Christina has been my best friend for like eight years. She and my friend. She just, she, <laughs> Christina just waved. She I don't know waved. why I did that. But yeah, like <laughs> we were talking about this in the last episode. Like the older you get or whatever, your circle, like you just only benefit from keeping your circle fucking high and tight, babe. Like that's a, you know, we really, you don't need, you don't need the extras around. Like tangential friends can be very toxic to your life. And you like and it and when they're tangential, you don't know what their motivation is in the first place. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that does make me feel sad because sometimes I wonder, like, oh, am I ever gonna start getting like close to new people again? But the, I do, I I do find new friends and like hems and waves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of waves, uh, I don't. That's not a transition. Um, I I gave you something that our audience knows about, but this is something different than what you guys know about. Okay, so Angel Cards, Doreen Virtue. Uh, I used to read them a lot on the show. Um, There's all sorts of, I mean, Doreen Virtue does, she's a hustler and she wants you to know that she's got a card for every occasion. Um, And the one that I gave to Noelle is called uh, past life oracle cards. Um, this is a Doreen Virtue Brian L. Weiss joint. Um, and it's a forty. Yeah, they teamed up. <laughs> this is they teamed it's up for this featuring. They, it's the remix. Yeah, they dropped this. Um, and it's a forty-four card deck and guidebook. So the the deck is. You were starting to explain it when we started. Christina was like, "Wait, like we gotta wait." Yeah. So it's like gilded with gold on the side because Dorian, you know what? She's not fucking around. She's saying, I'm going to give you some cards. You're going to have gold on them. We're going to take some pictures for you guys. So we'll don't take worry. some pictures. And I think we're going to do a reading. We have to do a little bit of like a read up on what the basic spread is. But if we can give either one of us uh, a reading or. Yeah. Christina, who was a bear in her past life. We had a psychic on who told Christina that she was a bear in a past life. Like an animal bear, not like a gay bear. Oh, that's wonderful. I know. (laughs) I like literally like laugh about it like three times a week. Like it's just so cute to think about Christina. And was she like, this is common that people come back, you know, or were animals and they're they're immediately past life? It's a guy. I mean, I don't know. He said that he got some sort of like woodland vibe like she either worked with them or she's wolf or bear or like and i think that she was one of the bears in grizzly bear even though you were alive i don't think like your soul connected to your body till after you (laughs) ate that that uh documentarian that's what i just think 
Not grizzly bear, grizzly man. I just became like a fully formed person after that. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm just reading in this book. It it said, when you recognize a past life issue, it's normal for your body to shiver or quiver as you release pent-up energies. Did that happen when he he – he fingered you, you identified as a bear. me as a bear. I, don't know why I said fingered you. As a bear. <laughs> did you pee a little? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> did no. you? But it did. Like I, I always felt like an, something animalistic. I don't, is wow. that weird? Like no. I felt like I might have been an animal. You wow. have a, you do have a mama bear quality to you. <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't necessarily like see you like reaching your paw into a stream and grabbing a fish. Oh yeah, but like I do see you like I'm protective of Molly. Yeah, like, she's yeah. protective. <laughs> Am I your cub? Yeah, you're, you're protective of everyone you love. I yeah. think you yeah. know, but don't mess with. Like, but I'm like her main. Cu- I'm her favorite cub. So, <laughs> um, he told me that like. One of my past lives, which was different than the reading we had spoken about, which was Carolyn Swift Jones, um, who, by the way, I got an email from her assistant literally the day after we talked and said, like, don't forget, because I booked an appointment like literally two weeks later after I spoke to her. And you were like, you have to wait four months. And I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> so they've had my like $120 or whatever. And so I have to... uh I have to rebook my schedule. It's rebook it for October. And I'm going to find out I guess there have been some like changes, you know, um, but the guy who told Christina she was a bear told me he's like, you're you go very back like in Ireland, like you are like, like in the snow, like and I was like, yeah, no shit. Like <laughs> Molly McAleer, really? You think so? Like also like I just know like I'm so adverse to cold in this life. I can't handle it. I absolutely can't handle it. I I, I just know that like I was part of that original Irish caveman group where they all started drinking whiskey to stay warm. <laughs> just know that was part of our knowing the shiver. Or well, also a lot of people like drink alcohol back in the day because there wasn't an easy way to get clean water. Yeah. And that's why some cultures have a don't have the enzyme that properly de- develops uh, that properly digests alcohol. Yeah. Because the, in that part of the world, they drink tea instead. Oh, world. Yeah. I wonder if that's... Oh, I world. can't really drink alcohol. Bummer. And I don't like tea, so it's I not don't really bummer. belong anywhere. It's not. <laughs> alcohol is poison, and, like, the more I do mushrooms, the more I realize I want nothing to do with it. Um, I am having a glass of wine right now, which I know is uh, contradictory, but I started a new antidepressant yesterday, which is also another reason why I shouldn't be drinking wine, but... I do feel a little jack today. This is all adding up. Don't worry. No judgments. Feel a little jack. I feel a little jack today. So I uh I just uh you know I wanted a rose for part two. Um so is it a three card spread sort no. of situation? Just choose a card. <clears throat> it says ask a question, choose a card. If cards jump out, okay, they can become, you know, we can fully examine the the, the jump together. Okay, here's so should I shuffle? Wait, who we're gonna bless it, consecrate it? What do we want to do? Let me just see that real quick. See so, yeah. this is like maybe so you hold you pick up the deck and you hold it to your heart. Okay, maybe. And you like put all your intentions into it. I think actually first you're supposed to hit Clear it. your card deck. Yeah, you're supposed to hit it. Okay. There you go. I and then, take any opportunity and just like smash something yeah. in my fist. And then I think you hold it to your heart. And you put, like, all your love and intentions into the angels and, like, trust into them, basically saying, like... Oh, it says, hold the deck with your non-dominant hand. Okay. Was I supposed to hit it with my non-dominant hand? I didn't say that. Okay, yeah. good. 
past lives is totally Doreen mixes it up. Then say a prayer. Asking that they can be cleared of any energy that may be absorbed. Uh dear angels sup. Can we clean the cards? Thank you Thanks. for lifting away anything from these. Oh, there's one that's written. Yeah. I didn't have to uh, improvise sorry. one. It says, Dear God, thank you for lifting she away anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I you love can't praying. read her prayer. Yeah, hey. <laughs> dear, dear, dear God, thank you for lifting away anything from these cards that is not of divine love. Cool. That was good. Yeah. Did you feel that? I felt a, a little shift. I really <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> Cool. Okay. All right. So then you just pick a card. Should I shuffle? I'm going to shuffle. And yeah. here's my question. Here's what I'm really – oh, they sticky. Yeah. They sticky. That's the other thing too. You might notice that some of your angels uh, reappear <laughs> a lot faster than you'd originally think. But you know what's interesting about this sort of thing? And I think that this goes for all sorts of spiritual stuff. And I always say it. Is that like – all it is is a peace of mind. It's something for it's something to think about. I like to read my astrology or my um, my horoscope a month at the end of the month, so I can like more reflect on it than yeah. anticipate. Yeah, it usually does. Like I'm like, oh, that's why. Like my that friend and I had that fight, or like that's why. Like sometimes I like to read it like in the morning so I can put that intention out there into the world. Yeah. Like and that shifts my perspective for the day. That's about good. how I receive things. Yeah. Because like it's like if I'm if it says like you should be wise about your money, then I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna buy this like thing today. Thing yeah. Today. The money ones I do, but most of them I'm just like, it's not gonna happen. It's well new. I I told you recently I got rid of all my tarot decks and I stopped looking because I was finding it was manipulating. I felt like I was being yeah. kind of buffeted by them a little bit. Or, yeah. And I, I was like, I can't. I don't want this information. I don't want this in my head. I kind of want to figure things out for myself. But I'm very excited to do this. I actually did a past life regression two weeks ago. Okay. So, But it didn't clear. Like I, I felt like I got a lot of insight, but I'm still kind of stuck on the same issue, which is like I, I don't know how to take my personal power. Or like mm. I – and one of the things is like I don't know how to stand straight or I, I don't – feel confident to like wear nice like when you compliment my shoes and like I felt really bad about that and um like I I eschew like glamour and feeling sexy and sort of owning the playfulness of of what I wear yeah but I do have a very strong sense of style so I don't really understand it like I want to claim it because I feel like I'm closet fabulous yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I love I'm, that. I'm closet fabulous. I want to come out. I want to wear glitter and sequins and I want to be just like shimmy. And You're going to do it, girl. Okay, but why Why am I still having a problem with this? So that's the question I'm asking. Okay. Just draw a card, you guys. Yeah, it says pull the card from the top of the deck. This oh. is the past lifetime that is affecting the situation you're inquiring about. As you look at the image of the card. Oh, shit. Ooh, mother. <laughs> I got chills. Oh, my God. It's the mother card. Of course it, says, it is. As you look at the image on the card and read its name, notice any thoughts, words, feelings, or visions that come to you as these are additional me- messages from heaven that personalize the card's particular meaning to you. Oh, my gosh. I'm, well, first of all, it's a beautiful card of a mother. Like, um, what is this? looks like t- 30s, 20s. What is this? Yeah, that's yeah. like the teens maybe. Teens, like – 19 teens. The, there's a little girl on a mother's lap um, and a little boy. But the little girl has little bangs and a haircut that I used to have all the time. Um, it was like before radio basically. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah when people would be like, your, your bangs are too blunt. Let's read a um, book together. Like, yeah. yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, my mom is a very um, 
beautiful, beautiful woman. And she had a very, very good sense of style and like was very put herself together. And um, but that was like her that was hers. Yeah. That was like her, her identity. And she and she really anytime anybody told her that I look like her, she would be like, No, I no, she doesn't. And it oh. was really sad because I thought she was so beautiful. And so it's like something that I've been I guess I deal like I think about a lot or like I've been trying to come to terms with because I've thought my whole life that it was really ugly, but I look exactly like my mom, which is such a strange thing because my mom's very beautiful. And then recently I had like a big blowout. I, I, I don't, my mom didn't talk to me for a really long time. And then, um, when I got on master of none, she started calling me, which I thought was really shitty. Yeah. So I couldn't call. I didn't want to talk to her because it was like, you didn't, when I called you for over a year, you wouldn't pick up my calls. And now you think that I'm famous. Now you're calling me. And it really was very upsetting. But we've been trying to talk to each other. But then more stuff comes out. And I like got into a, I like yelled at her on the phone. And I've never yelled at her in my entire life. And one of the things I said is like, you think you would tell me basically that I was ugly. And she was like, it's because I thought I was ugly. And that's what she said. And I'm sure that that's true. But she genuinely thought I was, like, hideous. Like, my mom oh, – anyway. So I'm sure that that has a lot to do with so it. So this actually has, like, a well, – wait, like a one husband. sec. Can I just say real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know That's, like, say. my – it's very incredibly parallel to my situation with my mom, where my mom is gorgeous. And, like, every – it's the first thing everyone says about her all the time. And um, if mm-hmm. anything, like, her vanity has made me, like – retreat from that whole thing like i'll go like get my hair highlighted and now like put on a fun jumpsuit but like i don't spend i spend 15 minutes getting ready max like really like low maintenance when it comes to that stuff and it's because i feel like it's like i not only do i not want anything to do with that but it's like there's something in attempting vanity to me that seems like a negative and i know that it's just because it, it was so important to my mom yeah, I like, guess I never thought of it. I mean, that probably is it too. Except for I didn't find her to be particularly vain. Yeah. She was fussy about her looks, but I didn't – actually though, but if I look at it that's vanity, further, yeah. she is – She is. Va- I mean, there were only pictures of her up in the house, like stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I, I guess like that no, might wow. be – I know it's strange. I love my mom um, no, deeply yeah. and I want the best for her. It's I, complicated. It's so complicated, but um, – Interesting. Oh, weird. So this actually has like a little. Oh, cool. I like how I just interpreted it. I was like, yeah, my mom, here's the issue, blah, blah. Yeah, Yeah, no. (laughs) It says, this card indicates that your mother in this life was also with you in other lifetimes. This is actually a very common occurrence. The mother-child relationship is significant, emotional, and a physical bond. If you enjoy a healthy and loving relationship with your mother in this lifetime, you are probably drawn together again because of your fondness for one another. However, if your relationship has been challenging, this indicates a need to balance the karma through through forgiveness. All right. Yeah, I forgot this is a past life uh, angel card situation. Your feelings about your mother are directly related to your ability to manifest abundance as mother energy is all about receiving. If you have blocks with your mother, you you have most likely developed control issues that prevent you from receiving help from others Mm -hmm. or from the universe. So this card asks you to do more personal work concerning your mother. At this time, you may wish to to add past life regressions as an adjunct to other therapeutic methods. I I have a feeling it says that at the end of all of them. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Um, But yeah, it's like trippy because even if – 
that wasn't your ex- th- I, that's why all of these things because even if you didn't just like you were like yeah that's my experience now in the head there's someone else out here who is having a completely different experience with their mother who's going to pull that card someday and it's going to mean something as meaningful to them which is why I think this is just a good thing and like if anything it's like you got to sit here and you get to talk about that and explain <laughs> it and like that's why it's a fun thing to do with friends is because you are really just like I'm curious about the karma thing and like what it would be in the past life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, the first time I got an, the first time I ever got an energy healing, she, mother stuff came up and she told me, it just seems so silly. She was like, "Oh, you guys were on the Oregon Trail, like you were siblings." Yeah. And she was the older sibling, and your parents died, and you guys were kind of like feral kids that lived in the woods. And I think she was just like looking at me. She's like, you're, <laughs> you look like a, wo-, like, she was like, you're a woodland creature, but you're like, you were human and dirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but she was like, and then you felt like you were like, how do you say that? Like, um, I was um, like a weight to her. Yeah. Like, and she, and then she felt the same way about me. Yeah. Maybe that's something. Yeah. But I wonder how glamorous she was as a feral kid. Oh, and then we would go into town. It was weird. She had this whole thing, this whole. Well, I feel like it like re-represents itself. So like whatever glamour means in this lifetime or whatever to the scenario, like what what was valued then probably survival, (laughs) basic survival, you know? I mean, and that's honestly, I think with women, especially where a lot of like vanity and issues around it looks comes back to is like value sustainability. It's like obviously a basic biological urge to be attractive to men or people that can take care of you. Wow. A lot of churning. Yeah. Damn guys. Damn. So I'm thinking, uh, I, I think that this is like the first time I've really truly understood that. Like that actually allows me to understand her a little bit better. Yeah. Like, Oh, I can forgive that. I can forgive a survival, a basic survival instinct. It's like, how do I survive in this world? If I make myself attractive, then I'm safe. And yeah. I will I will get the love and the attention and, that I needed. And we all need it. But interesting. That, I think that's the greatest like gift that like your 30s gives you and like a, your late 20s and 30s gives you, which is like just constant acknowledgement that your parents are human. And like, I also was a very incredibly well-behaved child, terrified of my mother, um, never yelled at her, never like fought with her, um, no pushback. And like when I reached like around my like late twenties, early thirties for the first time, I I would stand up to her and like, you know, I think that was very, it's very alarming for her. We're still kind of working through it a little bit, but like, I just am like you, you like you can't make me feel bad about myself anymore. Like I'm actually the adult like I'm allowed to never come home again if I want. Uh I'm not beholden to you. And so it is like that is interesting too. I cuz I very rarely meet people that are our age and get um kind of like regress or I guess finally get to have yeah, that Yeah, we get moment. to be teenagers. We get yeah. to yeah, I get to I mean, it's weird because I keep, anytime I think that it's past, yeah. I'm like, oh, I got, I got to, I got the one yell out yeah. and then uh, I'll think I'm fine. And then like a month later, I'm like just like screaming in my room and like want to write like angry emails and like want to call. And then I'm like, no, you can't. You're an adult. But it, no, <laughs> no <laughs> you just I mean, write in your yeah. journal. No, I, I need to go get a journal. I need to get a pink diary. Guys. Honestly, that was, you- it's been huge for me to like journal. I've been really good about journaling and I know it's not for everybody. And even I go months without um, 
logging an entry, but I don't beat myself up about it. But yeah. it's been really helpful to like go back and look at like the headspace I was in. Mm. Um, and it's been really helpful for me to like just get my thoughts out so they're not just like bouncing around in my head. Journaling. 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 I wish I was better at it myself. Um, Noelle, we yeah. ask everyone who comes here for three reasons why they're qualified to give advice. Did you write them down in your I phone? did because I don't – I was like, I don't know. So I wrote them down so I'll I remember. Love it. Everyone does it differently. Okay. So, all right. Here's, I think, the main one is that I have had to figure out almost everything in my life on my own. And mm. because of that, my advice probably isn't like the most sophisticated, but it is <laughs> actually tested by human experience by a very normal person. Totally. So I, I feel like I'm a very practical human and uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Yeah. It's like learning. It's like knowing how to like wire electricity in a house. I don't can know. I can't. Do that? No, but like no. I feel like I, <laughs> but I feel like I would, I just give me a little bit of time and I can figure it you out. Figure, I'm not going to go yeah. build an iPhone, but I can, you know, after, you a, figure it after out. a flood hits a major city, I can like be very resourceful. <laughs> um, uh, that's how I am too. Like I'll figure it out. I like my this is totally a boring story but what, my steam mop was broken and I was able to fix it because I realized that it had just had like lime build up and so I took it apart and I was able to like unblock it oh, and yeah, reassemble that's it. That's awesome. That is and <laughs> if only all Americans would do that we would have less, you know, waste in the world. Yeah. Cool. I'm I'm I like this. Yeah. yeah we're practical ladies. Yeah. Um I love I'm fixing shit. I'm going to get rid of this lizard in Molly's uh, bathroom downstairs after we're done. You have a lot of lizards up here. When I walked up the stairs, there was a lizard. Yeah, there's one in my downstairs bathroom. Um, I can take care of that for you. Okay, I tried last night. We're similar, yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, like, because I literally had some baby birds born in my awning on Father's Day, like, last year. And, like, I just, I put on a raincoat and, like, I was, like, I had, like, my face partially covered because I was afraid it was going to peck me. And I was trying to, like, get it with a fish. I mean, it was just, it was, like, a bad, it was, like, worst version of a sitcom scenario. But, like, I that's literally how afraid I was. And then last night with this lizard, I just am, like, he's so, they're not, not dirty. They're not, like, they're not, like, you know, they're not harmful. It's not like, it's, like, seeing, like, a big rat and you're, like, afraid. Like, I was afraid that he was afraid. Right. And so I just was, like, I'm going to leave you alone because I think you've been here since Monday. Because my cleaning lady comes on Mondays and she like sleeve the door open. I've kind of like said to her, we need to start curtailing that because one day Wags snuck out. And then next thing I know, I'm hearing a knock on the back door and it's Wags uh, asking to be let in. And I'm like, Martha, is the front door open? So um, I that door downstairs, I haven't had guests here this week. So no one has opened that door since Martha was here. I think that lizard's been in there since Monday. And I'm like, how long, how can you survive, man? I wanted to give them snacks or something last night. Chex mix. Yeah. Is that what they eat? <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, okay. Insects, probably. I'm like, is that what? But yeah, Molly, uh, geckos are notorious for making and eating Chex, Chex mix and ginger. Um, okay. Number two. Um, I was going to say I'm naive, but maybe y- you are a little bit. No, I like that I'm naive. I like that I'm naive. Like I don't come into situations like with like being like, who's going to fuck me over? And I, I come in very open hearted. And I think that that's a very good place to give advice from because I'm, I don't know. Sam. I, my heart's not closed over completely, um, but it can get me into a lot of trouble. And I guess because I've gotten into a lot of trouble, then I also can spot it. As naive as I am, I'm not, I'm not naive. I can remain naive, but I'm not naive about things I've already 
been naive about. We're very emotion similar. Yeah. That's and so interesting. I mean, we have a similar the thing with a mom. Naive. And we were such good kids. And well, we do we talk about Myers Briggs? Um, no. And I don't know what my Myers Briggs is. I bet you're an INFP. Okay. I would be surprised if you weren't. Okay. Okay. Uh and uh my last one is I have a true gut. Yeah. <laughs> I can just tell when things are true. Like I can just like I have a I'm starting to realize this. Like um people that I didn't like when I first moved to LA. When you come to LA and you're like, oh, I need to be friends. Like you said, yeah. be friends with everybody. And there were people that I was just like, I didn't want to be around for the life of me. And I felt really bad about it. And I thought that there was something wrong with me. And I'm like, why can't I hang out with these people? They all just, over the years, have just come out to be horrible people. They're either like right. raping women or they're just like stealing ideas from people. And I'm like, oh, I just could tell somewhere inside of me that this person wasn't good. You're vibe sensitive. I guess I'm vibe sensitive and I, yeah, I, I got true gut. And that's what I'm calling it now. Yeah. Like the first thing that I know about a person. And that sucks because I I, be- I believe in a world where people can get better and I like, I, I want to have compassion for a lot of people. and But that just invites like bad things happening over and over again. So now I'm having to like honor. Yeah. Honor it. But- no, you got to do it. It's really hard to do too. Sorry, I opened these Altoids and I'm not going to be able to stop eating them throughout the podcast. That's how I am I with mints really too. apologize. I yeah. had someone put away an Altoid box last night at dinner because I was like, I'm going to eat all your Altoids. Yeah, well, you um, put that on the desk because I'm just going to keep having incidents. Um, <laughs> so those were excellent reasons. I feel like you are totally qualified to give advice. Uh, I am the person who is able to qualify people for that, by the way, because I myself am incredibly qualified to give advice. Uh, you can't sue me. This is under the comedy section of iTunes because uh, my lawyer recommended it. I'm not a doctor. Uh, don't ask me about medication. All right, let's take. You our can calls. ask me about medication though. But well, no. But like, sometimes <laughs> people know they'll be like, "I was on 30 grams of blah blah blah. What mm-hmm. should I take?" And I'm like, "Honey, <laughs> go to the doctor." <laughs> like we're all so different. Like it's so everyone is so different. So. Don't ask me about your damn medication. All right. Uh, but you, I mean, if Noel, if you want, if you want to take that bullet. Yeah. I would, you know. I'm, I'm really, really want to take down Western medicine from one podcast to the next. I'm here for that. You good? Yeah. Let's okay. Go. <laughs> okay. So my question is, I'm trying to be an actor, trying to save money to move to LA. Uh, what's some good advice? Uh, and also, how do you, like, make it out there? Do you need, like, eight jobs or something? Uh, thanks. I mean, I don't really know why this problem exists anymore when there's YouTube. Yeah, you don't need Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to be here to be an actor. Um, in fact, if you moved out here to be an actor, if you don't have videos online or you're not already doing something, you're, it's just almost impossible unless you're the luckiest person in the world. Yeah, I mean, that's the damn truth. Like, that's, this is what... This is what the internet is has allowed us is an even playing field. And I have seen people move from all over the world to L.A. because of Twitter or because of YouTube or because of some sort of other way they were putting themselves out there. Like the days of, you know, for sure, there's a place for community theater. It's definitely great to train and do classes and stuff like that. But I really do think especially in, and I'm not an actor at all. I'm not, I'm not a performer at all. But I do think in the world of competing in this uh business i think that you don't really get a lot of better experience than like the challenge of having to put out a video 
every week or every day. Um, it's such a good exercise and discipline, which is ultimately what I think the most important thing is. I mean, a lot, a huge part of being an actor is being on time and being accountable. And, um, Something like YouTube teaches you that. Yeah, it just feels like you don't have to move out here to get started, but then you can transition here once you feel like you've gained a lot of confidence. That way, when you get here, you're going to be ready to go. And when you go into rooms, you're not going to waste anybody's time. Yeah. And it's also about like putting yourself out there with other other entertainers. And a, and a platform like YouTube is great for that because you know, you can reach out to people and say, hi, I'd like to collaborate with you. I would like to do this with you. And there are people that will help you build and grow your audience if they see talent in you. Um, you know, I'm sure there's an uglier side to YouTube than I realize, but I also think that like there is something to that community that is very like share heavy and they really do build each other up because it ultimately like the more that they help each other, the more the views and the more popular that medium gets. Um, so I don't know what your angle is going to be. If you want to be a comedic actor or dramatic actor, whatever it is. Um, but, and I understand personally, I, I put things on YouTube when I first moved out of here, but I never wanted that to be where I settled thing, yeah. my thing. So, you know, but I knew that. And so when people would try and put me in boxes, I would just, be like, ah, no, I'm going to go make a movie one day. Don't worry. You know, yeah. but it, it took me doing those videos to be able to be able to do it. So it all builds on itself. My YouTube career was over <laughs> at 26. You know, like I just I was it was served. It served like a purpose at that time. Yeah. And it's important to have output, you know? Yeah. And as far as like saving money and do you have to have eight jobs? Yeah. Yeah. You can. I mean, unless you're independently wealthy or come up with an app idea. Or yeah. if you want to, like, live in the deep valley or something like that. Yeah. And even then, it's, like, at least four jobs. I mean, doesn't everybody in America have to have a bunch of jobs now? I don't know. It just feels like that. No yeah. one I know has just one job yeah. or just one source of income, at least in my in our age range. like. And, like, also that's the other part of it, too, is that, like, no one is entitled to – being an actor, notoriety, fame, whatever. No one's entitled to it. Uh, there's the people work very, very hard to be involved in this business. Uh, and it's a big deal. It's a huge commitment. If it was easy to make it, everyone would be doing it. Um, that being said, if you have like a gut, if you have like a gut instinct to go do something wild, yeah, you should probably do it. And it may pay off in like a crazy, insane way, and you'll be the anomaly. Yeah, never want to discourage people's ma- like you know life magic. Oh, I'm not telling him you can't do yeah. it. I'm just saying like you're probably gonna have to have eight jobs because like yeah, like people have to hang tough here. Like yeah. if you if this is not something for uh, it's not for the faint of heart. So. I mean, you see it like there's I mean, there's people that I'm sure we both know who like if we're, you know, in the same like UCB circle for whatever. And then it like, you know, 38 something happened for them and it changed everything. And like that is a very real thing. And like, but how many years were they actively working on that and having day jobs and having other things going on? Uh, that's. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, like, just try not to sound so exhausted about it. Sometimes they listen to, you know, when, like, um, you gotta, I mean, I know you're just calling the pod. Who knows where you're at when you're calling. But, like, you know, like, put some energy behind that. You yeah, know? it's like, like, I'm excited to come to L.A. and work eight jobs. And, yeah. yeah, like, it's like, that should be cool. Like, that's cool. 
Yeah. To earn your, to know that you are making your way and doing the thing that you ultimately want to do. And it's a classic American story, my friend. Like, who wouldn't want to live that? It's true hero's journey. <laughs> true hero's <laughs> journey. Um, I'm currently going through my dark night of the soul. You are? No. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, think I, I love was. that phrase. I, mean, I think I was, actually. I think the last year was my dark night of the soul. You like that phrase? No, because I've read the book that that phrase is based on. It's based on, like, a, a Franciscan priest who, like, was almost abandoning his um, religion. And it just turned out that it was more so uh, a step before a deeper understanding of his spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, like, it feels like you're, you've been abandoned by God right before you have an enlightened breakthrough yeah. and a deeper spiritual Then, yeah, I'm connection. definitely in that. I'm in that moment. I've yeah. been in that for, like, a year and a half or two years, I think. It's yeah. been pretty – I, I, I keep thinking it's, like – It's, like, a, it's a long it, night. Yeah, when does it – yeah, when does the sun come up? One crazy well, it was night. Sweater, it was sweater weather today. I felt like there was a little sunlight. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I mean, also – wait, where are you from again? Texas. Okay, that's right. Oh, I love that about you. I knew that about you because we have a call the next call is about oh that. oh great oh hell yeah all right let's take it oh cool hi malls hi christina and guests i just want to say how awesome this podcast is i'm so glad i found it a year ago when i did it's hilarious and keep up the good work i am from texas i am 24 years old i am a latina first generation latina and i'm also a creative my question is, how do you feel better about not being where you wanted to be career-wise? I feel like I had so much expectations for myself, and I just feel like I haven't reached my goals yet. How do I deal with feeling like I still have faith that I'm going to reach my goals? And how did you deal with um, the, those bleak moments in your career where you thought there was no, you know, the light was not at the end of the tunnel. I just want to know and pick your brain. And thank you so much. I would really appreciate you answering this question with as much perspective as possible. Thank you. Well, just to point out to you, and I like, I mean this in like the uh, most positive way possible, which is that at 24 years old, you are still considered in psychological communities to be an adolescent. So you are not even like close to, I mean, I don't know where you wanted to be at 24, um, but it sounds like you're very hard on yourself and that you need to, you know, recognize that also like this isn't our parents' generation or our grandparents' generation where, you know, at such and such age, they've started this business. It's a completely different economy. It's a completely different world. And um, I don't know. What do you What do you think? I think that I mean, you sound a lot like me. Um, if it makes you feel any better, I think people think I'm pretty successful, and I feel like this every single day. I mean, we're just talking about the dark night of the soul, but it doesn't stop. And so I think, um, as far as like trying to keep the faith, you, I don't know. I don't. You just have to kind of trust yourself and know that you are on a journey. You are very young. Um, you sound like you've probably done a lot or you've accomplished a lot. Yeah. And it sounds like you're very determined. And She, um, like, wants to put in the self-work, it sounds like. And yeah. That's more, yeah. And so the only thing I can – the advice I'll give you is what I have to tell myself is I really genuinely – you have to be much easier on yourself and let go of control a little bit um, only because – 
life isn't about necessarily making the goals. I know that that's like very American, but the goals, like most of the time when you make the goals, you're like, fuck, this isn't what I thought it was going to be anyway. So you kind of need to start reorienting now instead of being like, I haven't made my goals. It's like, what kind of person do I want to be? And like, what can I do today to be the type of person that I want to be? And how do I enjoy my life right now? And I think that'll be a little bit I mean, I think it'll make it a little easier on you and you'll probably find that you might not hit the same goals, but you'll hit goals that are more suited for you. I do have like a book recommendation because there's this very specific thing that you're going through that I've read about. It's called An Expectation Hangover. Okay. And so like there was this book by um, Christine Hassler. It's called The 20-something Manifesto. And it's basically like it interviews other 20-somethings talking about their quarter life crisis. And everybody has like a common themes. Like I'm not living up to the expectations that I had for myself. Right. Even just two years out of college or whatever. Yeah. And the thing I think that helps me keep keep it in mind is that like, you know, when Leslie um, Grossman was here, she talked about how comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. And the thing that helps me, um, I'm running in my own race. Yeah. And I'm just trying to keep pace with myself. Yes. And that's what helps me kind of like frame a lot of the things because it's easy to look over to the next person and say, oh, man, like their their podcast has so many more. Like they're going on tour or like this person has like is two years younger than me but has way more experience in like this field that I want to be in or I'm not – my um, skill level isn't where I'm at or I, I'm not where I thought I would be at 31. But everybody's life course is different and I'm not running alongside them. I'm running to keep pace in my own race. Yeah. I also think um, – That's um, poignant. I, my, my therapist recently – Friday, Friday told me this because I I was dealing with the concept of fairness and how things aren't really fair and how sometimes I hold myself back because I I think things I want to be fair to people but then but then I get upset when things aren't fair to me and then she was like fairness is a bullshit is a bullshit concept because inherently the world is not fair. And you are not the the world owes you nothing like it, it won't. It's just the nature of the world that it really doesn't owe you anything. So if you look at it that way and you think of all the things that you have now, it's like, OK, instead of thinking of things of whether or not it's fair, whether or not it's fair that you're not where you want to be, you're not making your goals. Just think about what you have and what's good about what you have and the skills that you have here and how do you continue on in that, which is the same idea of running in your own like running your own race. Yeah. And to be fair, there is – I actually kind <laughs> no, of – No, I don't want you to be fair, no. okay? <laughs> to be fair, no. Um, that phrase I actually took from a song by uh, La Kelly 47. It's just – it's what? a really cool song. What Wait, which phrase? Um, I'm running in my own race. Oh. Oh. It's, like, it's from a song. Oh. Yeah, and how, do you, and how do you keep faith? You listen to lots of awesome music and yeah. you go yeah. run around. It hypes you up. Yeah. Like you have – this is why I said this in the last episode or maybe it was this one I can't remember anymore. They're all melting together. But you have to be your own hype man a lot. Yeah. yeah. And like nobody's going to do it for you. And the other thing that I've been really to been able to turn around this year is um, – not waiting for opportunities to cross around to cross my path. I've yeah. been seeking stuff out and taking it. And you've been seeing the rewards yeah. like from uh, that. Yeah, significantly. Yeah. So. so just keep that in mind that like you can't wait around for something to happen for you. You have to seek that out and take it because no one's gonna give it to you. So oh, be yeah, active. Don't yeah. be a passive passenger in your own life. But I don't I will say I'm not a passive person. Yeah. 
So, and I feel like her still. So there's like, for people that are like so used to going out and getting and then the world's just like shitting on you constantly or you just don't feel like you're getting it. There's like, it, it, sometimes it's like maybe the goals or the types of people or the types of situations you're seeking out, you need to realign. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, you know, it's like maybe that isn't for you. And I know it like might look like it in a worldly sense. Yeah, yeah. It might look like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to be. If I'm, if I want to prove that I'm worth something, I should make, you know, I should be on this top, th- <laughs> like a list, like 30 Latinas to watch under 30. Like, yeah. you know, you think that that's what you need, but like maybe that whole concept even of list is stupid. Or- I'm so mad I didn't get into a 30 under 30. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm too old for that now. Well, they keep pushing it up now. I know. It's like, I'm going to get The internet needs 40. so much content that they just are like, just like now, 100 people over 100 who <laughs> can feed themselves. It's like, yeah, we'll just. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing is like, last year I applied to something and I didn't get it. And I applied to the same thing again this year and I got it. It's a scholarship about, it's a public radio thing. But I, you know, if I had taken that first rejection, I wouldn't have gotten it this time. Or. Bitch, last year you were going to work it as a, like, just a regular, like, I want to learn. Were you there on a scholarship? No, I wasn't there on a scholarship, but um, I was just there as, like, a participant, like, as a a viewer, and I I had a mentor. I had someone mentoring me. And this year you're going to be a mentor, and we're doing a panel. Yeah, I'm speaking there. Yeah. It's weird. I, I like, I, I was like, okay, I'm not going again to that convention unless I'm speaking there. But I meant it when I put that intention out. I was like, oh, maybe in like five years. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. think it would be like next year. No, it's but it's next like year, girl. it's crazy how everything kind of just falls into place. But you know, there was a lot of work that I had to do to get into that headspace to get there. So don't beat yourself you. up. Yeah, be so much nicer to yourself. Yeah, please. really, genuinely, like stop, stop. Well, but don't beat yourself up over beating yourself up, but just know it's hard. And especially as a creative, like if you have a creative skill set, you're maybe probably more sensitive than most people. And if you're a woman and you're, you know, you have a lot of things uh, that make you a little bit more vulnerable, but don't be a victim to it. Yeah. But just be nice to yourself. Don't, don't bully yourself. Yeah, that's true. There's enough people to do that for you. What's that? The, the name of the song was called Second Fiddle, by the way, if you were wondering. By? La Kelly for your seven. Okay. Yeah. Wait, can you say it again? La Kelly what? La Kelly 47. Oh. Second fiddle. Okay. Nice. Okay. Cool. You guys, there are three ways to participate in this show. You can call 323-450-7408 and leave a voicemail. Or you can email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with a voice note, uh, which sounds super crispy and good. And those are some of our best calls to listen to um or you can send us a letter also at ask please advise at gmail.com we have a letter no one's going to read it hey hello malls christina and guest i'm a 20 year old female currently going to a university in california where there are actually several events coming up that involve streaking like naked some that i hear are small and one that is very large <laughs> i feel a little bit of pressure to partake partake because everyone says it's an important part of the college experience. And most of my friends say they're streaking in at least the big one for sure. It sounds like fun to me, but it also makes me a nervous wreck. I think I'm comfortable with my body, but I don't know if I'm really that comfortable. Mostly I'm just hesitant because I know there will be phones there. And if I do streak, photos and videos of my naked body will probably be out there for potential employers or anyone to find. But some part of me does want to do it because it sounds like an exciting experience and nobody else seems to be terrified. What should I do? Please advise Jess. Oh, I'm gonna have to give that a big fuck no. Like I would, I, I no. I mean, first of all, sounds like she's talking herself into it. 
Yeah. She's bringing up some good points, which is that, like, she, I mean, it sounds like when someone's like, I think I am, but I'm wags. Do you want a streak? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, so basically, um, <laughs> he just needed to get it out of his system. He just needed to, yeah. He, uh, he's traumatized every time he wakes up. Um, so I don't know. Like, first of all, I'm just like kind of a, this isn't the seventies. You know what? You're right. <laughs> you know what? Like there are people with fucking cell phones out there and there are people. And then like, that is exactly the kind of thing that I don't want to have to, I don't know what field you want to go into, but someone handing me a naked picture of myself and saying, can you explain what this is all about? Um, that would that's a fear for me. Also, what kind of college is it that there are multiple streaking events? Yeah. Is it like a college I, in the woods? Like what is happening? Maybe it's because I went to a Catholic college, but I no, there was yeah. no streaking multiple. Events. There's a there were a couple small ones and then the big one. I don't know anyone. <laughs> like warm who, up I, warm up events. It sounds like a big, like kind of like sports centered state university sort of thing. I think <laughs> like I, I I don't understand it. Like I, I understand the concept of being naked with a group of people that's sure. very fun right but like states or school sponsored n- streaking events i don't like anything that's formal or like organized to begin with like just steer clear of it like what are the yeah. motives why why is this happening well that's the other thing too is that i don't i <laughs> so think many it's questions like, i think it's student organized which to me it's like i don't trust you motherfuckers yeah. like you don't have my best interest no. in mind and like just because you know Susie big tits over there wants to go Susie. streaking across i want to go streaking across campus does not mean that I need my body that I'm not 100% comfortable. I mean, I'm triggered by this because I obviously am just like, oh, people are going to see that like I have no muscle in my body. And if I ever appear skinny, it's simply just because I have no muscle in my body. Like what? It's true. So if they don't have a capacity to like tell you nobody's going to be filming it, don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. I know that we're in the time and place where everybody – like eventually everybody's going to be – they're going to have their phones hacked and all their information. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a president that for sure has a sex tape. Like, there's a yeah. Bank of America ATM that's filming you do this. Like, so just, I, I don't know. Just like, it, I think that if you want to go streaking with people and want to have a good time, go to the desert, do some shrooms, do it under the stars. Yeah. Do it at Burning Man where yeah. there's no reception and you don't have to yeah, worry about like, do it in a fun way, not in a way that you're like, I guess if everybody's like pressuring me, but then say the last second you're like, oh, it's no big deal, then also go do it. Who gives a shit? My yeah. thing is like, don't let FOMO be the reason that you do this. Or or like, oh, this is what's going to keep me from advancing to the next social level or <laughs> like, I mean, because that's really what a lot of this stuff sounds like. It sounds like she's talking herself into it because this is some sort of social thing that people participate in. And she doesn't want to be, I mean, FOMO, yes, exactly. But, like, she also doesn't want to be, like, oh, like, you're the square that didn't do it. Like, you know, where were you today while we were running across campus naked? I will just say from my college experience, uh, most of the people uh, that I was around, I'm very comfortable with my naked body now. But I wouldn't. There's no reason for any of those people to have seen me naked uh-uh. at any point. Like now, you know, no way you could even talk me into it now. Right. Because I just, it, those people, no, no. <laughs> if they're not your friends. No. And they don't understand what it, it you know. I'm I'm a little, I'm a little prudish. Like, you know, I mean, you are, you know, you know me. If you've listened to this podcast, I'm always telling you not to take nudes. 
No, it's America. You can do whatever you want. I've been taking nudes on my phone recently because I'm just in case somebody hacks my phone because I'm like in the prime of my life. You're like, I would like people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, really, this that's is like the same I'm reason banging. why Chris Kardashian told Kim to do Playboy. Yeah. Oh, really? She's yeah. Like, she was like, you, this is the best you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you want yeah. Well, little did Chris know, uh, Kim was about to have another transformation <laughs> um by the way that keeping up with kardashians um thing which the special i think is airing tonight um but the preview for next season is bonkers did you see it with chris in the helicopter and oh y'all just gotta watch it it's like so good uh i have to say like props to them like i can never deny the kardashians like just like a, a nod of respect. Like, I hate that people get so mad about how successful they are. That's because they're not successful. The only thing that really bums me out about the Kardashians are the credit cards. They, oh, yeah. That that to me feels like, no, don't prey on people. Like this country is in such I a fight. I don't fin- think they do that anymore. Okay, though. good. That, that was the only time I've ever been like, no, I don't I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I, but I feel that way anytime. And yeah. there's a vanity credit card with like an APR of like, 29.99 there was like a uh there was like a there was a few people that got caught up in that and i think it was sort of like that was when they were really just like anything that they were asked to endorse they were endorsing it kim doesn't even drink and she was like the midori spokesperson for four years so like it's it was i think that was one of those things where they signed up for it and i think there was i know there was a rapper who was involved with it i don't want to say it was dr dre it might have been but there was like a few people that got wrapped in with this company and you know that just goes to show like chris has gotten a lot savvier say for some uh pepsi commercials we won't speak of she's gotten a lot savvier about picking out projects for her kids um because of stuff like that well they have to be on brand yeah. you know what i mean i mean well, like but like now chloe like I couldn't see her representing some like bootleg, like fat burning tea the way that she used to back in the day. Cause she, that is a girl that works out every single fucking day. So you couldn't tell me that tea has anything to do with that. That's like some serious workouts. All right. Well, I retract my statement about the Kardashians and. No, 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 you no, made no, a no. valid point. All right. Okay. Yeah. Point. Then we can leave it on the table. Yeah. No. Also, guys, I want to apologize. I feel like. I've had I had a kombucha. My mouth is very sticky, and I'm sorry if that's coming through. No, I have I have misophonia. Like where, me too. So I'm just everything that's happening in my mouth. I'm dying. What are your triggers? <laughs> your mouth Ma- mouth things and smacking. Is mostly. it just your body or no, is other it's people? mostly other people. It's not bothering it's not bothering me from my mouth, but I'm worried about other people hearing me and wanting to strangle me. It's I'm not picking up anything good. I hate Ooh, nails. Um, yeah, yeah, I hate Ooh, nails. Can't do that too. nails. Okay. Um, uh, I recently – yeah, never mind. No, go. Tell me. Well, I had – so I had a – this is so weird. I don't even want to bring it up now. No. no. Okay. 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 We no. won't talk about it. All right. But uh, I do t- I do tell people about my Kelly Ripa noise disease because, you know, Kelly Ripa has it as well. Mark and Smith oh. is not allowed to eat an apple in the same room as oh. her. Great. I don't know. When you get to that level and you can just start making those kind of proclamations. Like, I can't be in writer's rooms when they're having lunch and everybody – I'm just like, you can sit around each other while people are – Masticating is disgusting. Yeah. Like, really grosses me out. Yeah. It sends me into a rage I can't really – like, I go blind. God, I feel so bad. I was, like, eating eating so many Altoids in front of you earlier. Okay, good. Thank God. (laughs) No, it's smack. It's like a level of, like – I'll do it, but just, like – yeah. Oh, I mean, it doesn't upset me, but I'm sure if anybody has it, 
like it doesn't upset me when I do it, but if I hear other people doing it, like yesterday I was at this event and a guy next to me started chewing gum mm. and he, but he was like, and I, I had to, I had to move. Like now I'm just getting to a point where I'm moving instead of like, like suffering through it. But that's the other thing that people don't realize is like with misophonia, your reaction isn't like, oh, I don't like that. It's like, you get physically overwhelmed and angry and it's like it's it's an anger that normally does not exist inside of you and it's mm. like you got to like you have to stop you have to stop and it's like just please like unplug it um oh my god i was just about to say something and i completely forgot what it was oh um when someone takes in a deep breath as they put food into their mouth so like if like someone's like i i used to know a girl who'd be like she'd be like as she was eating and it was just like I was like w- does that help you taste your food better are you chewing so fast you can't breathe like what is going on there and so like that really sets me off the only thing that like I don't have that I don't have misophonia yet, but the one thing that I, disturbs me when people are eating is if someone has a mouthful of food and I see them drink at the same time oh because then you're yeah picturing the swirl yeah can't get I'm probably one of those people. Uh, we all have our, you know, our blind spots. Yeah, of course we do. Um, okay, do you want to take another thing? Another call? How about that? Hey, malls, Christina and guest. My name is Lauren. I am 23 years old. And I'm wondering if you guys have any recommendations or just favorite online clothing stores. Um, I work in an office and it's pretty casual, but I just kind of want to up my wardrobe a little bit specifically online stores just because the city I live in doesn't really have a whole lot um I mean I like Everlane and Madewell and Gap those kinds of stores but I don't know a lot of it kind of just looks the same for the most part and I want to just kind of build my wardrobe with some really good staple pieces Malls I feel like you're really good at that and I really like your style a lot it's like fun but still adult and really high quality and everything is just I don't know I like it so I don't know if you shop online or even just any stores in general that you guys like a lot I need help so thank you bye um okay so my mom is a clothes flipper she was doing that for many years like after she was cleaning houses and doing all sorts of stuff like that so I would say that I have a base knowledge of like classic American fashion or whatever. And so that does help me go find certain things that I'm looking for on a site like Tradesy or um, Etsy even. Um, I definitely go look for pieces that speak directly to me or something that I've admired on someone else for many years. But I'm really into jumpsuits right now. And Bando is like a good place for – um kind of like consolidating many websites on the internet that sell cool clothes. So I know right now they're working with um, Doosan, Doosan, I think it's called, and then um, uh, New Works, which is a company out of San Francisco that's really great. I ordered like five of their jumpsuits. Um, I, uh, I'm, I kind of find that like going – away from fast fashion is like the most is the best thing I can do for myself because it forces me to invest in pieces that are going to hold up over the uh, test of time. But also um, you can't buy as much. Um, And it is inevitable if you go to forever 21 and blow like 
250 bucks, you're going to hate at least $100 worth of that clothing later. You go to Barney's and buy something for 250 it's more likely going to be a piece that fits really well that you're going to take care of that you are going to love. I do like Barney's, uh, which is – I not just online. I mean, you can go find a Barney's pretty much anywhere or Nordstrom or something like that. Uh, what do you think? Um, I don't buy a ton of clothes anymore. I used to be, I used to do a lot of vintage shopping, but as far as staples, I really would go to American apparel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when they closed down, I bought a bunch of like jeans and just basics. And I bought then, five red hoodies. Yeah. You, I bought <laughs> the same cut of this jean. I bought five of them and, yeah. um, I'm not even sure if the cuts gonna <laughs> like uh, stay in fashion. Um, so you can buy a pair of those off of me, but also, um, I, found there's this clothing company called Samantha Pleat and it's if you want more interesting pieces to like pair with jeans or um she she does tops and bottoms and has like fun jumpsuits um I find that they fit me perfectly like every like usually if I buy clothes the shoulders are too big and she is a very she's an hourglass figure and I think she bases a lot of the stuff off of her body and for whatever reason even though I'm longer it like really fits me perfectly so that is my staple clothing um I'm small on the shoulders too. And I find that that's like a big struggle in terms of just like maybe the rest of my body isn't a small or extra small always, but I know if I want it to look good on me, I have to go for a small. And then if I gain five pounds, I figure it out from there. But like, I do think there is something to doing a mass order. If you have to shop online, if you can't go in and figure it out, I only buy one pair of jeans myself. It's I buy mother jeans and all the different styles of the, it's called the lookers, the pair that I use or get. And I have them in white ripped ones. I have them in dark denim. I have them in like different various washes. And it's just this one style that works really well for me. My waist size hasn't changed a ton. I know what size of different things work on me very well. And so that is, um, that's, I think one thing that you should do, or you just need to have a bunch of stuff come to you, or you need to go out and try a bunch of stuff on. And then you can know to buy kind of similar silhouettes. Like a drop waist is never going to work on my body ever. Does it work on anybody's? It does actually like for (laughs) like, I mean, it, it sucks most. I mean, I always, I have a, I have no torso at all. I'm all legs. So if I, like Where, Macklear over here. If I wear a drop waist, I look like a fucking apple. And it's like that's it's unflattering too. You know what I mean? Like it's unflattering to my figure. You have to figure out what your once you figure out your silhouettes, I feel like you can order from pretty much anywhere. ASOS is great too, because it comes quickly. You can return it free. Um another good tip, and I heard this on Call Your Girlfriend, is like uh to know your measurements. Yeah. Like then you can pretty much almost guarantee that something's gonna fit you a good way. Yeah. And so you can limit your returns if that's a necessary thing. And Nordstrom has free returns and they compile a lot of different brands. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can return it. You can go into a store to return it if you need to. What are my other brands that I like a lot? I really like um, Loop New York City. Is this, It's made in New York. Okay. I think I've heard of it. And it's a lot of like – it's like French silhouettes. And, oh, I like that. Um, a lot of – staple pieces like she does she doesn't have um her line isn't very big and doesn't change that often but her pieces are very good and um yeah i I shop a lot on etsy actually i like yeah i seek things out like you i definitely do too and it's um i there's this one site first dibs that i like a lot which like 
By the way, things get real out of control real quick over there. Like you click on one thing and then all your suggested ads are literally, like I said to my friend Ronnie, I said, why are all of my suggested ads $29,000 gowns? I was like, I've never bought any, like I've never bought anything. It's more expensive than my car. Like, uh, but if you go on a certain, certain sites like that, sometimes your suggested ads wind up being wildly, uh, disproportionate. Um, but I also am a big believer in tailoring and like, I know that that's not really like your question either, but I also think that more than finding cool stuff, it's about making sure that it fits well on your body and it looks good. I also think that investing in stuff like bags and shoes are really important for like kind of upping your, elevating your look. Um, and uh, where I, where I'm thinking, I'm looking into my closet as we speak. I mean, dude, like I wear like fucking Ugg boots. Like I have like three pairs of Ugg boots. I like, I go to, uh, anthropology like once every three months and I pick out a couple pieces, which like for, for someone who says she hates mall clothes, I certainly do have a lot of stuff from Madewell and anthropology. Um, J crew has surprised me also recently. <laughs> um, I think that you want to also, if you're talking about like, spending some cash staying away from the trendy stuff is really important that was a big mistake i made a lot in my 20s where i would just be like yeah this like fucking fly ass sequin jackets can like be killing it and like then i would like buy this like designer piece that i like saved for but it just was like okay well how many times can i wear this before i'm the girl in the sequin jacket you know like you i the best investment i ever made was is in a i think it's a philip Lim, uh tuxedo jacket and I wear it all the time and you can just shove it in a bag and it comes out. It's never wrinkly. Um, I love Carr and Elliot t-shirts. Those are like my favorite t-shirts. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your style is like just because, just because, uh, you know, you might see something on me or someone else and you're like, Oh, I like that. It doesn't mean that that's your style, you know? Uh, so I think that experimenting with what, what your limitation, what, what you, you know, what your boundaries are when it comes to that sort of stuff is very important. It's a lot of self-discovery, but I do recommend trying to get into a major department store, like a Nordstrom or a Neiman Marcus, a high end one and trying on some stuff, some different brands, trying out different silhouettes, seeing what stuff feels like, because it can also be very like, uh, uh, misleading. Like sometimes you, you know, something you assume, Oh, this is like a cashmere sweater from Nordstrom. And then it shows up and it's like, Oh, well, this is like stitching's kind of cheap. And like, you know, you just, yeah. So I would recommend going in. I think touching stuff is very important. And sometimes it's very expensive to put a bunch of different stuff on your credit card. Oh, another website I love is of a kind. Uh, and those Claire and Erica, I've known since like they started it and they've just grown and grown and grown. And I've discovered so many brands through them that all of a sudden I see them at Barney's and I'm like, oh my God, like I have a piece of theirs from like back in the day before they were a thing. That's so cool. Um, so I do love that about of a kind is that they have, um, they have limited of a kind meaning like limited run pieces. So it's like, there'll be 50 of a kind and there's only 50 of these shirts out there. Do you have one of them? Uh, I really like, I really am amped on that business. I think they're great. Those girls have grown so much too. I think they sold their company. Not sure. 
go, girl. Um, but yeah, I really do think that Bando does a good job of kind of like check out their clothing section and then go to the sites that that they that they uh, work with. Basically. Yeah, I like the idea of like a clothing curator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there are like Stitch Fix boxes and things like that. There's plenty of services that will do this for you. Yeah, but that's like I, I don't know if I want to invest in like a subscription service. I w- it's nice to like go to a site that like kind of curates taste in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and let, that's my style. You know what I mean? Like, not everything they make is something that I w- like would wear, but a lot of the stuff that the companies that they work with make things that I would wear. So. I'm looking at my closet right now. It's like literally all their jumpsuits. Um, I don't know. Noel, do you have anything else? Mm, no. I I keep it pretty simple these days. What's another story? Like I like that store LF a lot. And I think that if you have one in your city, you should go there too if you want sort of more edgy clothing that you can still work do at the office. I think that that's possible yeah. for you too. Yeah. And, like, maybe give us a little more info about what your office culture is kind of like because that also – I mean, we're in L.A. Like, you know, I I can really dress up for work and be, like, look completely inappropriate because everyone else is uh, in a hoodie and jeans. Or I can show up to a place in a hoodie and jeans and feel inappropriate because everyone else is in a business suit. They do say when you're, like, a writer, as long as you're just not wearing, like, slippers to a meeting, you're fine. But, like, uh, I do, you know – I do think I think about it probably more than I should. It's a girl. That's such a it's such a woman's dilemma. Like no guy has ever called here and been like, how do I up my game? They should. It's because they have girlfriends to do it for them. Usually. <laughs> I recently yeah. started hanging out with a guy that dresses really well. And I'm, that's like my favorite thing about him. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. he wears suits and stuff like just to go hang out on a weekend. That's cool. Yeah. Not like not like flashy suits, but just like tailored jackets and you look hot. Yeah. Loving nice. it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I could be more helpful. I'm trying to think. I think you were pretty helpful. You gave me Mod cloth. I mean, I don't know. Check it out. I mean, we don't have a code for any of these things. So, I mean, maybe if Mod cloth wants to buy in some ads, maybe I could really be pushing that for you, Mod cloth. Fuck nature box. Um, all right. Uh, I, let's take another call, and then I think we're going to wrap up, right? Okay, yeah. Or, or no? Uh, yeah. Let's keep <laughs> Hey, malls, Christina, guests. Um, my name's Rob. I'm 23 years old, a gay guy living in Boston. Um, I've called in before and got some pretty awesome advice, so I figured I'd um, call in again. I'm in a bit of a pickle um, with this guy I'm talking to. Um, we met on Grinder. Um, and we're just chatting back and forth. We followed each other on Twitter. And then he quote-unquote slid into the DMs. Um, and then we were chatting back and forth for like a good week and a half till we met. Um, we ended up going out um, to get food. Hung out, went back to his place, made out a bit. Um, and then I left at like 2 in the morning, so it was a good 7 hours. Um, but the issue is that I'm so confused as to what to do. Um, I told him that I really didn't want to be in any kind of a relationship or anything like that. Um, I'm working two jobs, don't really have time or any desire to be in a relationship with someone. 
Um, but that led to him saying that he couldn't just be friends with me because he could see us getting along real well and going to be more than friends. But if that's not something I want, um, he doesn't necessarily think that that'll be good for him and fair for him. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how to go about dealing with that. I know that I don't really have a choice, kind of have to deal with it, but any advice on dealing with stuff like that that's not super like what you wanted and what you expected out of something, um, but also like really enjoying someone's presence, but then having to distance yourself from it because of other shit that's going on in your life. Any help would be super great. I would so appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Bye. Leave him alone. Like, just leave him alone. Like, he has made it clear that, like, I don't think he can do the friends with benefits thing. This is where we, I just didn't take a call about Jody Arias. So I was like, I don't want to get into the whole thing. This is how Jody Arias happened. Okay. You cannot sleep with someone casually who has said to you that they cannot sleep with you casually. That is how you breed madness. That is how you welcome drama into your life that you are not prepared to handle. It sounds like you know that. I don't know what grand ceremony you think needs to go down uh, that's standing between you and the other side of this. You've, you said that you you talked to him on Grinder, then you guys followed each other on Twitter, then went on DMs, then you bragged about how you went on a seven-hour date with him, yeah. then you left, and now you're like, oh, now he likes me? What do you think is going to happen? That's I know. crazy. Come on, don't, that's not, not okay. Also, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the world of like, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just, I don't understand the apps. <laughs> yeah. Um, but people's hearts are real. You know, like, you know, you, you he's being very clear and you're being very clear, but don't toy with him. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I don't know how old this person is that you're hooking up with, but you know. I would say it's curious, you know, like there are like, there's certain different apps have different parameters, right? Like Grinder is, you know, you can't be on Grinder looking for a relationship nine times out of 10 or <laughs> 99 times out of 100, that person is not looking for a relationship. They're on Grindr because they want to find the closest guy to them that they think is hot that they can hook up with. Um, with something like Tinder, a lot of people think that's a big DTF app. But, like, you know, there's people on there that genuinely want to date. Like, it is the millennials version of Match.com, which literally was, like, essay writing, which was, like, literally, like, having a boyfriend at war that you, like, was writing emails back and forth to. I can't handle the over-communication pre-dating. It sounds like you guys did a good job kind of like jumping right into it. You saw it. You get along. You have a great connection. But, you know, if you – this guy can't be your friend. He's not your friend. And this is something I, I always have to remind people. Like, you can't say, but I would love to just be friends because the reality is you're, you're – you guys knowing each other is not based in friendship. It's not based in anything – it's based in two people on a dating app, one trying to get laid, one, uh, you know, there for, I mean, if he's even open to like falling for you after se a seven hour conversation, I don't think he was ever really on Tinder just for the like fox. Right. Yeah, grinder. Or yeah, grinder. I don't think he was ever on grinder just for like fucking. And there's nothing. Maybe his tweet, maybe uh, Rob's tweets were very good. 
But there's also nothing wrong with being. Maybe you. This is a cue for you to be more up upfront about what you're looking for. Oh no, he was upfront. I mean, it, he did say he's upfront. He's just like, where do I, what do I do now? And I think the answer is, is you say like, I told you my deal. I think you're awesome. I don't think it would be appropriate to try and continue a friendship with you because I don't think that would be fair. Yeah. Um, because there also there's. I, I mean, I've made the fatal mistake of having someone say like, I have feelings for you. Me being like. Well, can we just be friends? And then, like, it blows up in your face so much harder and so much worse than you could ever imagine. If there was, if if friendship was not the basis for the relationship, which sometimes you find out later uh, when someone's like comes to you and says like, "Hey, I've, I've liked you this whole time," uh, which by is, by the way is a violation in and of itself. And some sometimes I think, uh, but if I feel like he was very. I don't know. I feel like you just need to say, like, I don't think we can do friendship. I think that you're a great guy. You should go on your path. And if we don't even say if we see each other again in the future and things are different, because that will give a person like that blind hope. Like, I know people that if they hear that a guy says, well, maybe someday they're not thinking about the three years they have to live without them. They're thinking of the day three years from now that they get to be with them. And that is uh, just a really good recipe for getting your feelings really fucking hurt. So if you can do anything you can to sort of relieve the pain for this guy, it sounds like you've gotten more out of this than you expected. Uh, Take the money and run, you know, so to speak. What would you say? Yeah, I think that like all if that. We're on the phone. Like, oh, what would you say? Oh man, I'm not the person. He's 23. (laughs) I don't think he's calling. He's making phone calls. You just tweet about him. Maybe yeah, you should. Him. Yeah, I know. Just tweet about him. Uh, just uh, maybe. I, but you know what, though? I do actually think that there's something very um, – it holds you accountable to make a phone call. And that's something that I started to do in my mid to late 20s more, which was like if I didn't like someone like that, um, I would just call them up and say, hey, look, like I had a lot of fun with you. Um, I don't see this continuing on my end. It's just not working for me. Uh, I think you're a fucking awesome person. But it's just like it's not working for me. And um, I I found doing that had such an intention behind it. And honestly, like uh, it was a kindness that I wish others, others had paid me, which was like instead of me wondering like what happened, like I thought there was a connection here. Like, you know, now I'm totally like on my own. And I'm embarrassed and whatever else. Um. I I like to I would like to take karmically I would like to take away some of the shit that other people have done to me and say yeah it's not working but you're a good guy delete my number <laughs> bye bye um I don't know man dating's hard I don't I don't are you dating right now I don't date <laughs> I don't know what that I don't know I don't know I just really believe I'll like run into my guy yeah one day and we're just like cool we're doing this life together <laughs> but like guys don't ask you to dinner and then you go and no I did that once I got on Raya and I mm-hmm. went on one date and I thought they're not supposed to I thought it was supposed to be like the chill app like where 
you're if you like have a higher profile everybody yeah. understands but he googled me and was like only talking to me about things that he had read online and oh, i was that's like that's a big pet peeve of molly oh yeah i don't think you should google people yeah I, I was it was it really upset me and it but it bummed me out more for him because i was like look you're fine like just i'm a person too like this is not and also you're blowing this and yeah making me feel shitty it made me feel really bad and then and then i got on it again like a year later and it felt very incestuous. Like I, I was on it. I changed all my pictures. I went to a party and like three guys basically started like circling me. And, I, and then one of them brought up my Raya and I was like, oh, like everybody, like they know. And yeah. it just felt really gross. And the idea of dating feels terrible. I had a weird stupid. Tinder moment like that where it was like um, somebody's friend saw me, told my friend and was like, yeah, I, I, he didn't swipe obviously and i was like why would you a what? tell me this and include What's that mean? detail it's and also so just like i thought up. the understanding of tinder was like we don't acknowledge that we're on like at that point in the game like it's yeah. just like a couple years ago oh like we God. don't acknowledge if you see someone if else if you saw a mutual on, tw- on tinder yeah like you won't you wouldn't say anything if i see a friend of mine on tinder even if they're i'll, I'll swipe and just and then just write like LOL. Yeah. Like if we match. Cause like I mean, like I'm assuming it's an LOL on their end too. And it wasn't like, it was it like a friend. Of, it was like that. a friend of a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like You don't need to know that. Yeah. We would not That's have such a girl. You know, I think I know a lot of friends too that like will look at the dating apps together. And I feel like that there's something kind of mean about that. Yeah. And I don't people are putting themselves out there. They're being very vulnerable. Um Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like Trump we have Donald Trump as a president we all need to like look at ourselves a little bit I think to to reorient maybe our values and um yeah for some reason I think I'm gonna meet my husband like while I'm like on a farm doing like I don't know volunteering on a farm or something I don't know just in a moment where I'm like really not looking for something yeah he will show up and we'll it'll happen that's well that's like an say. interesting approach it's just so wild to me that like people are People get hung up. I'm like, oh, yes, I found my one. And it's like you never left your geographical area. Yeah. Right. So it's like the chances of like your one being like right next to you. Yeah. Are pretty slim. Like what if what if my one is in like Nairobi? Oh, I was told mine. Then you'll you'll end up there somehow. I was told mine's like um, possibly Middle Eastern or Spanish or something. They said he's foreign. I like a Spaniard for you. Hmm. Yeah, they said like, look, they were like, he's gonna be like, or like a really dark, a really dark Italian. Ooh. They were like, and I was like, well, I, I am interested in European men. <laughs> Do you know the Single Girls Guide to Meeting European Men? It's a really important video series. Oh, I'm thinking we can, I can play this. It's it's 100 sincere. Hi, I'm Catherine. I wrote the book, The Single Girl's Guide to Meeting European Men. From my trips abroad, I learned that so many single girls really wanted to meet the European men. I can go on and on about why I did, but today we're going straight to the source. A good place to find European men is in their sports. The point guard is from I like Macedonia. how this is unscripted. Yeah, it's unscripted. Totally it's really unscripted. Raw. And the other player is from Egypt. In Eastern Europe. 
Okay. I love her. I love. She just put on a hat. Yeah. She just put on the hat. She does a lot of posing. She also, my other favorite thing about her, she does like dance tutorials. Uh-huh. So you could learn like the dance for like, um, my favorite was, well, she loves Macklemore because she's from Seattle and a big Seahawks fan. So, um, yeah, it's a really good series. Um, <laughs> I would say check it out. I have bought the book for many a friend for a holiday or something. Uh, it's... Just if you're single and you want to meet European men, which I think we all do. Um, God, I just love her sincerity. I really do. I love her sincerity. And then this is when everything changed for me and Catherine Chloe Cahoon. Is I found out. So she did a video where she was talking about like she grew up dyslexic and like a lot of the times that she like paces her speech. It's because and I'm dyslexic too. So I like literally like. I was like, I can't, like, I'm not on the outside of this joke anymore. Like, I feel like I'm like, <laughs> I, this, sister. Is, this is too close to me. And I like literally wrote her a letter and I'm like, hey, like, I've been low key roasting you for like over a year. And like, I can't like there's and she's been on Tosh. Like she's done, you know, like she knows people make fun of her. And I just was like, I can't. I was like that dyslexia video changed everything for me. I can't, I can't lie. I can't watch that and be like, that's normal and not funny. Like, it's super funny to me that this is like, you know, there's a lot of production that goes into it. The outfit changes alone. The, the, <laughs> there's so much, uh, there's so much money that goes into these things. She's always at Nordstrom. She's always doing makeup tutorials with like Chanel makeup. Like, this is not stuff that she's not a high profile enough blogger that this stuff's getting sent to her for free. This is all like very much a personal investment. And I, uh, I, I enjoy that about it. It's also just very extra to me. And, uh, yeah. So maybe uh, Rob23, gay from Boston, um, instead of uh, torturing people on Grinder, you should just stay at home, watch some Catherine Chloe Cahoon, and wait for your uh, dream European man to find you. That's right? what I'm doing. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I think that's a nice hybrid of our advices. Noelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I would love to have you back another time. I'm so excited to see your movie. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you can watch Master of None uh, season one on Netflix. Let's see Noelle. And you can also watch her movie. Yeah, when, it'll, be, it'll be on Netflix in January. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Well, but we gotta have you back the, on. Yeah, come back on. But also try and go see it in the theater because I think it's really important that we all get out of our houses, get off the computers, start having more communal uh interactions with people because it's like we're not each other's enemies like when you're in a theater laughing at one thing it like kind of bonds people together and that was the whole yeah that is so true and like that was a very fun young memory for me in LA it was like getting my friends together and going to see a movie at a theater that I knew no one else was gonna see do you remember when we saw short bus yes Seth at the sea and you freaked out afterward I oh didn't. no! Wait, I didn't see Short Bus with you. That was um, for Colored Girls. No, you and I saw Short Bus. It was about the or- not Short no, Bus. It was about the it was orgies. Hump Day. Hump Day. Yeah, and you freaked bus. out after afterward. I freaked out because you were like, I could see my boyfriend doing something like that. Oh really? Yeah. You oh. were like really, you were, you were like really stressed out about that. Like, oh yeah, it, probably. Like, but, but I didn't know if you were maybe on something that day or something. No, I wasn't on something. Like honestly, I think that like after you watch several straight men suck a dick and you're in a relationship that you're insecure about and you're 23, like that's probably where your mind's gonna go. <laughs> I don't dick sucking in that though. 
Yeah, wasn't that what that whole thing was? It was about, about like, they were contemplating doing it, but the, the, the orgy, that's short bus. Hump day is something else. Who did I see short bus with? Not me. I wasn't even living in L.A. back then. Damn. God, I've got quite a history <laughs> uh, at the cinema. But that's the point, is that you got to get out, guys, see the movies. I'm going to Santa Monica to see a movie night. Why wouldn't I go to see Noel's? I'm going to see, like, I saw a girls trip in the theater, and that was so much fun. Oh, yeah. I saw, I want to see It. Um, and I like seeing movies that I've already seen, like West Side Story or something like that, in the theater. And it's Indies just a different experience, like, and it's fun to see what other people react to in a movie. My mom fun. and I always really bonded over like getting steak tips and then going to like the this local like indie theater in Waltham, and we would go every. Like once, probably once or twice a month, and like it was just like this like cool secret between us where it's like. We just saw a movie that no one else we know has seen. And like it's like those were that those were memories that shaped my life for sure. Like going to see movies that I'm like, this feels like a secret at first. You Go know? to like, Mr. Roosevelt, a movie no one else will have seen. <laughs> Until they all see it. Until they all and see then it. you'll be like, I was there first, bitch. <laughs> um um, we're starting October 27th. It'll start in Texas and then it'll, it'll be in New York and LA and a bunch of other places in between. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go. Christina and I will yeah. go. Yeah. We'll date. have a little girl date. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank Where can you. people find you? You're real Tom Hanks with a Z, right? Yeah. Um, on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. That's my, you know, can't go back on that. And then, uh, on Instagram. Noelle Wells. Yes. And you do like fun drawings and stuff. I've been stuff. doodling lately. It's been really fun. Um, just trying to figure out ways to like stay, I don't know, doing things for myself that I also can share that feel not charged in a way. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah. I think uh, social media can make people feel bad about themselves and so I – and I like sharing a lot and I like putting myself out there and I really like connecting with people. Um, so I was like, oh, here's a way for me to do that without it, you know, hopefully not making anybody upset. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys like – Noelle's tweets are like – I'm like, shit. Like at least once a week you post something and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, that's real and I'm glad I follow you. What, what do you mean, like the like, politics or uh, like just about politics or you know, just like uh, just a thought about the world or Aww. humanity or the way we're tweet treating each other or like the way like anything? And I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, like, and I'm glad someone's <laughs> saying that because I feel like I I fell in love with Twitter when it was not a medium for jokes and it was a medium for ideas and thoughts and nerds and um then it, it morphed and morphed and morphed and i um, i kind of don't always really like to go to twitter because there's not a lot of people being sincere and doing sincere tweets and i like, like to mix it up you know? i like and i also like to make it where you don't ever quite know if i'm ma- like why well, right. i think people can tell now that i'm being earnest i think now that donald trump's president i'm like i don't really need to like toe yeah. this line anymore yeah. like yeah. <laughs> you're gonna know when i'm you're gonna hopefully know when it's a joke but you know i would like to share my real thoughts i, I don't think there's anything wrong with that Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, no. I was I was just thinking about the tweet you had about Kanye being the surrogate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was fat shaming. It wasn't good. But you know what? Listen, and tell you something. When you're on those good meds, you gain some weight. Nothing makes me happier than seeing a happy, robust Kanye <laughs> living his life. Happy, happy, happy. Yeah, and you know what? That's I think the first time we've seen him in that space in a very long time, in a, in a genuine way. And I have seen Kanye West in concert eleven times over the last probably 
12 years and I just I do love him and so I'm happy for him always happy for Kanye really wishing him the best I do think he suffers and like I obviously like I mean he's like an artist in a way that like is like a tortured soul yeah I think he also has mental illness yeah so like I that that part of it it's like and that's you know obviously uh me just you know armchair diagnosing someone in an unfair way but i i do think that like you know we've seen some behavior from him that indicates that he really really struggles in a real way and it's a great thing that someone who you know allegedly has so much ego whatever can step aside and help himself um and whether it be for his family or for himself or for whatever else he's doing it i just you know i love to see someone doing better um uh, and I'm happy for Taylor Swift, and I'm also happy for Lady Gaga. Which, by the way, if you guys have not seen Five Foot Two on Netflix, I watched it last night. It came out last night. It's a Lady Gaga documentary. It like seems like a typical propaganda piece, the way that like uh, Katy Perry's documentary and Justin Bieber's documentaries were, where it was basically like, "Oh, I can't walk out of this not loving this person." But I've always been very like indifferent to Lady Gaga. She's just existed in the universe at the same time as me. And and sometimes I hear her music and sometimes I don't. Um, But it was such a a beautiful documentary and so very well done. And I really feel like like she's just such a real artist. Uh, So you guys should watch that. Have you seen it? No. It's really good. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode 146 of Please Advise. Is that the number? Yeah. 46. Hell yeah. You guys, I'm Molly, Christina. Thank you for being here. And let's talk real soon, like next Wednesday. All right. Bye.